Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 111 Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart and the company of the upright and the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is her work, and her righteousness endures forever. She has gained renown by her wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. She provides food for those who fear her. She is ever mindful of her covenant. She has shown her people the power of her works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of, his, of her hands are faithful and just. All her precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. She sent redemption to her people. She has commanded her covenant forever. Holy and awesome is her name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. Her praise endures forever. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 28 through 32. Be careful to obey all those words that I command you today, so that it may go well with you and your children after you forever, because you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. When the Lord your God has cut off before you the nations whom you are about to enter to dispossess them, when you have dispossessed them and live in their land, take care that you are not snared into imitating them after they have been destroyed before you. Do not inquire concerning their gods, saying, How did these nations worship their gods? I also want to do the same. You must not do the same for the Lord your God, because every abhorrent thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods. Where they, they would even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to, the God, to their gods. You must diligently observe everything that I command you. Do not add to it or take anything from it. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And to the angel of the church of Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you are living, where Satan's throne is. Yet you are holding fast to my name, and you do not deny your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed among you, where Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the people of Israel, so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. So you also have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent then. If not, I will come to you soon and make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give a white stone, and on the white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Good morning, and welcome to the third Friday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland.
This morning's readings come to us today from Psalm 111, Deuteronomy 12, and Revelation 2. But before we get to readings, I want to apologize for missing yesterday. It was um, just one of those mornings, and it, it's not that it fell between the cracks, but it just wasn't going to happen. And then I intended to send this short update out um, during the day, and that also fell through. Um, the good news is that um, I've reached the halfway mark for the manuscript for God as a Grunt, um, and so it's it's good to kind of, you know, that that's basically what I was focusing on and lost sight of uh, updating my listeners for missing yesterday. Um, but this morning, uh, we have these warnings against idolatry. Um, I, I didn't realize that there's also uh, Deuteronomical, Deuteronomical, there you go, um, warning against child sacrifice. There's one where it talks about um, sacrificing children to Molech, um, and uh, I didn't realize that it was also here, talking about the people of Canaan um, would even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Um, so that's kind of fucked up. Um, and then in Revelation, within the message to Pergamum, um, what stood out to me, and again in part because of writing the book, um, is um, talking about, you know, he, he tells them you're doing a good thing. There are people who are faithful in the midst of, you know, where Satan lives. Um, and the the writer said, um, some of y'all have been um, eating or putting up a stumbling block so that they would eat food sacrificed to idols and practice fornication. And that is a you know near verbatim duplication of the Jerusalem Council's um, you know kind of ruling in terms of who was allowed in to this movement. Um, it was a moment, so the, the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 5 or 7, I can't remember. Or maybe it's 15, shit, I can't remember. Anyway, the question is, what do new members have to do to be a part of this thing that, for lack of a better word, is Judaism, but Jesus' Judaism as opposed to the Sadducees' Judaism. Um, and uh, the, the, the kind of where the metal heat, or where the rubber hit the road is um, circumcision. Do new members have to be circumcised? Do uncircumcised believers, who would be Gentiles, do they have to be circumcised to be part of this, of Jesus' version of Judaism? And they said no. Rather, what they should agree to as members of this body is to not eat food sacrificed to idols or strangulation or food that has been strangled or like flesh ripped from the bone, something like that. But it, it seems like the food thing and then fornication, no sleeping around. And that's noteworthy because, I don't know, all, almost all of the patristic literature that I've come across. Um, so patristic is like the second century to like the fifth, um, what we call the early church. Um, the 
these writers, when they talk about, you know, what must Christians do, the two big things are are even onward into the penitentials um, of the, like, late first millennium going into the Middle Ages, Um, you know, when these penitentials are handbooks for confessors hearing confession, you know, if they've done this, blah, 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 if they've done that, da, da, da. And the two big things that they talk about are fornication and killing. If someone has been un, you know, unfaithful to their wife, or they're sleeping around, or there's some kind of um, fleshy <laughs> sin, um, then these are the prescriptions. It's essentially um, killing and fucking, right? Those are the two big things. All the way through, uh, depending on you know, kind of how you read them, some of the early um, Christian theologians like Tertullian, Origen, um, Augustine even, uh, they also talk about these two big things of killing and screwing. Um, I say fucking because it's so meaningless, and that's what uh, fornication, porneo was, is, you know, not unifying between two partners, not intimate or vulnerable, but typically something of power or just am- total ambivalence, like just doing it because it feels good. Um, and that's not exactly what the council says. And it isn't because killing isn't on their mind. Stephen has been killed. Soon um, uh, John, the brother of James, is killed in Acts 12. Um, and so they know that death is a thing, and they know that the enemy kills, um, but it, it's not that important to them. It seems like it's taken for granted that, like, yeah, of course you don't kill. Um, even the soldiers, like Cornelius and others that they let in, they know that killing really isn't their primary function. A lot of um, theologians, you know, progressive theologians, which I think outnumber conservative theologians in the church, um, they'll tell you that, well, you know, all the all that soldiers really do is kill. And it's like, no, I don't even know where the hell you got that idea. In the early church, at least the Council of Jerusalem, the earliest church, they didn't really think that it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, no, of course you don't kill. No, who goes around just killing people? Um, and when um, later Christians... Um, would talk about you know how their relationship was with Rome. They said they uh, there's one I believe it was Polycarp or uh, Irenaeus I can't remember. Um, they talked about you know well we we pray for hostilities to cease. I mean they know wars go on, um, but they don't take sides. It doesn't matter who wins or loses as long as hostilities cease. And this was all a given. Nobody believed that anybody fought for the sake of fighting. You know wars were not profitable. Um, for a nation the way they are now. They might be profitable for the victors, the, the legionaries or the auxiliaries that you know went to battle and then got to pillage the, the victims, um, but it, it didn't really bring anything but just land, which I guess you could then tax, so maybe there, w- there was some profitability in it, but there weren't these corporations <laughs> making shit tons of money off of it um, and incentivizing forever wars. Um, so I mentioned all this because it seems as though Revelation, one of the latest writings, 
written by John, who's supposedly one of the apostles, the only possible apostle uh, to um, die of natural causes, he still remembers this ruling from the Jerusalem Council, um, that the two things that they are on paper forbidden to do is fornicate and eat um, uh, eat food sacrificed to idols. Um, and that was, so that clearly from whenever the Council of Jerusalem happened, say, I don't know, maybe 40, uh, 45 AD, um, all the way until possibly as late as the 80s, um, I think, right? I can't remember when John is supposed to have died, but um, for that entire span of time, they remember. And John was Jewish, if if we hold to the idea that John is the author of Revelation. John's Jewish. And so it's it's not like this affected him. He's already circumcised. But for the wider body of believers, this thing of of a moderate dietary restrictions and a prohibition on screwing around. Um, those are the two things. It's not killing. It's not, you know, joining the military. It's not collaborating with Rome. They had plenty of those with Cornelius, with uh, Matthew, the tax collector. What's important to the church is, you know, it's just not military service and it's not killing because they all kind of knew that it was ridiculous to believe that all that soldiers do is kill or that, um, you know, everybody has that on their mind and, and that's, you know, that's their, their function to which everything is redu- reducible. They knew it, um, but some scholars and theologians and pastors today apparently don't. A prayer for the clergy and people from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, from whom comes every good and perfect gift, send down upon our bishops and other clergy and upon the congregations committed to their charge the healthful spirit of your grace, and that they may truly please you, pour upon them the continual dew of your blessing. Grant this, O Lord, for the honor of our Advocate and Mediator, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.